my sisters, you know we are coffee stands here at OKSIS, and of course, a major proponent of propelling women forward. So what if we told you that your morning coffee could support girls going to school? With Goran Goza Coffee's Girls Run the World Blend, you can do just that. Girls Run the World Blend, I'm so down. Each bag equals a day of education for a young woman in Mozambique. And as you ladies know, my husband has been getting super into coffee over here at my house during quarantine. So he made a nice, rich, incredible pour over with the Girls Run the Coffee World Blend. And we can say quality is A++. So obviously we got you sisters a deal so you can start your morning right with quality coffee while also making an impact in women's education. Use code OKSIS, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, for 20% off your first order at gorongozacoffee.com. That's G-O-R-O-N-G-O-S-A coffee.com for premium coffee with real impact. And as always, that link is in the show notes. Happy coffee drinking, sisters, and let's just all agree that girls run the world. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy. As we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Welcome to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. And we are the sisters behind this podcast, the real life sisters in real life, IRL, all the things. Did you almost forget what to say? No, it's because you used to say, hi, I'm Mads. And then I would say, hi, I'm Scout. And we are the sisters behind OK Sis podcast. But now you've switched things up and you say, hi, this is Mads. Welcome back to OK Sis podcast. And so I feel weird saying OK Sis podcast a second time after. So I was like, how do I convey that we're sisters without saying OK Sis podcast again? Because, you know, like you shouldn't double up on words all the time. This is like such a dilemma. I'm not following you at all because I have never once said, Hi, this is Mads. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Why would I start the podcast saying my name first? Well, it is something I would do, but I have never done it. Okay. It's not about saying your name first or not. It's the fact that you said OKSIS Podcast when I'm supposed to say that. Anyways, it's a fight that we can have later offline. Our sisters do not (laughs) need to hear us talk about the details of our brand, if you may say so, you know, whatever. Um, Did you get those Warby Parker glasses, the ones I have? Are you going to copy me? What's the deal? Um, no, I have not purchased them. Um, Scout has these glasses that make her look like a bug. And um, they're the very fuck? interesting. They're a very interesting tortoise shell option because it's not like typical brown tortoise shell. It's like a light, bright tortoise shell, big bug glasses. And I love them dearly. And I would well, love I, wait, to copy Wait, stop. You. Why are you saying that they're bug glasses? I've never once in my life heard them be referred to as bug glasses. Because they are extremely large. Really? And they take up half of your face. It's like I think circa small. 2000, circa 2005 when we were all wearing those big ass bug sunglasses. Are we seeing the same thing? Because I think yeah. they're small. No, we're, 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 we're talking about the exact same thing. Okay. So why haven't you gotten them yet? Because they're very, very distinctive. Um, Please uh, listen back to when I said that they are bug-like and a very specific type of tortoiseshell. And it would really look like I was copying you. Like it would, we we would actually look like twins if we both wore it. It's (gasps) not original. We should do it. I would love to look like twins with you. No. Um, So I'll see. 
I'll see what the vibe is, but uh, as of now, I'm sticking to my current my current black frames. I call these my Kris Jenner glasses because these are very much like the black reading glasses that Kris Jenner sports. Oh, okay. Well, good for you. Love it. Yeah. Happy for you. Okay, some some updates on my end, if you will, if anyone you know would like to hear. Okay, I would love to hear. Let's yeah, that hear was it. that was your that was your cue to be like. Please oh, tell yes, me more. Mads, your life. Please tell me. Great. Thank you. Um, so for the first time ever, I watched Back to the Future. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I've seen it like so long ago that I don't remember a fucking thing from it, but I, I have seen it in my lifetime. Great. This lends itself to such a fruitful discussion about the movie. So um, it is my boyfriend's favorite movie in the entire world, and I was very resistant to watching it because I just wanted to bug him and just kind of um, torture him by saying that I would never watch it. And we made a deal that if I watch Back to the Future, then he will watch Selena, which is my favorite Wow. Movie. Yes. Yes. Great trade-off, in my opinion. So we watched Back to the Future, and wow, what a masterpiece of cinema that is. Mm. Mm. I really would highly encourage everyone. It made me feel like I was, you know, in the 80s. Adam loves loves that movie too. I think like all guys like that movie. Totally. It's a bro movie, but like a sophisticated bro. bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Uh a sophisticated, I'm going to like skateboard with my Nikes and like. Okay. With my puff, with my puffer vest. I told, I told Ben, I'm like, you should be Marty for Halloween. And he's like, yeah, that's like a very common costume that people wear. I was like, oh. Good to know. Good to know. Um, can I tell you my update on life? Sure. This is going to blow your mind. So I'm reading the book, The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. And she says in, in the book to like tell the universe a sign. So what's your sign? Her sign is an owl. I decided that my sign was going to be the Rolling Stones. It's like whatever comes to your mind first, whatever. And if you're having you're, like you can't make a decision or you have something going on or you want to know if you're on the right track, you ask the universe to show you your sign. And so I was looking at an apartment this weekend just to see if I wanted to move into a different neighborhood. And I asked the universe to show me my sign, which is the Rolling Stones. And it, they didn't. Like there was no Rolling Stones. I never, I didn't see a picture of it on someone's shirt. I didn't, nothing. So I got home, showed my husband the video of the apartment and he wasn't so stoked either. And I was like, well, I didn't get a sign. So I'm going to take that as like, it's not the right move for me. So I texted the guy and I said, we're not going to take it. Thank you so much. Like really appreciate it. Put my phone away, put my head down to take a nap. Adam's phone randomly, he wasn't listening to this, randomly started playing the Rolling Stones. And I was like, oh my God, he doesn't listen to the Rolling Stones. He was, he clicked on his uh, AirPods to listen to a podcast, but it didn't go into his AirPods. It just started playing on his phone and the Rolling Stones started playing. And I was like, there's my sign. I made the right decision. Like, it was so nuts. I just was smiling. And I was like, thanks, universe. Thanks. It was amazing. So, okay. So, th- if this logic persists, that means that you need to take the apartment. No, because the sign came to me after I said no. So, the, you're supposed to have a sign. The sign tells you you're, on, you're doing the right thing. So, if you're in the apartment and you get the sign, that means that's your apartment. But if you say, no, I don't want it, and then the universe shows you the sign, that means you made the right decision. Like, it depends on what you've already done. So, the universe was telling me, like, good job, you made the right decision because I didn't get the sign earlier. So, if you are really into this, I have an app 
for you that I okay. I think we should both actually do like an IGTV. Emma Chamberlain just did a whole video where she used this app and we, we should do an IGTV of it because I think it would be fun. It's called Randonautica and it's taken the TikTok teens by storm. Essentially, all you do is it, te- it just in the moment, it tells you think of anything, literally what you just said, the same thing, rolling stones and the signs. Think of anything. And then it gives you coordinates, just random coordinates. And you have to drive to that place. And then you look around and see if there is a sign and it relates to what you thought before they gave you the coordinates. Um, okay, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? Because we'll re- that, we'll that reminds me a lot of what you what we were just explaining. I don't know how you know truthful it is, but it's kind of a cool adventure. Yeah, let's try it. I'm so down to report back. That sounds really okay, fun, actually. Um, another little update. I watched King of Staten Island, which is um, Pete Davidson's new movie with Judd Apatow. It looks really good, but you said it was trash, right? So it's not entirely trash. It's just that it's $20, so you have to be, like, really in it. But I also would have spent that much at a movie theater, so um, that's okay. You know, it's a if you're a Pete Davidson stan, I I say go forth and prosper, you know? I, I never thought he would be a leading character. Like, I know that he's super famous and popular, but I always saw him as a supporting character, not the leading character. Well, he has a really unique story. Um, his dad was a firefighter in 9-11 and passed away. So the whole movie, it's, it is funny, Wait, of course. You mean that's the, his character in the movie, not in real life? No, in real life. Oh, in real life, his dad passed away on 9-11? Yes. Oh, so wow. So the, the movie is based on his life and the trauma that has continued because of his father's death. In the movie, he's not, he didn't die from 9-11, but he did die from being a firefighter in a, in a building on fire. Got it. Um, but, you know, the movie is, there are some comedic elements. I mean, it's inevitable because it's Pete Davidson and Judd Apatow, but a, it's pretty dramatic. It's a pretty intense emotional journey. Um, and it's a it's a com- not coming of age, but kind of understanding identity and trying to figure out what your purpose is mm-hmm. while also dealing with, you know, the death of a parent. Wow, that does sound good. Maybe I'll check it out. I'm I think still- you actually would like it. I think you'd be a King of Staten Island uh, proponent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll try it. I'm still getting through the office, so it's been a while, but we're still moving moving forward with that. I have a controversial take. I um, just started Community because everyone has been telling me to watch it. I have no show. I literally have no shows right now, and I am not. It's not for me. It's not for me either. Like, I, I've seen – I haven't seen even a full episode. I've seen just random, like, moments of it because Adam watches it all the time, and – it's a very specific type of humor, I think, that isn't so my style. It's so sitcom-y. But it's very, very sitcom-y, yes. Right? Like, it just doesn't see – and maybe I just have to revert my my brain back to that time when all of those sitcoms were kind of popping off. But, ugh, I just love Donald Glover so much, so that's why I wanted to support it. But it's – I don't know. Something about it. It's not clicking with me. No, no, yeah, no. Maybe just keep going and see, see if you can get into that frame of mind. I have one I other question for you. This oh. is this this intro is just really all over the map. It is a brain dump of sorts. Yes. Um, my 
everyone knows I suffer from severe bloating and um, continuous bloating, if you will. Now, um, I've I've tried to find one of those heating pads that you put on your stomach, but they, they like smell like a spa. Like they mm-hmm. smell like um, your grandma's yoga room. Does that make sense? Am I Ew, saying that right? Okay, well, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Where it's like hot and eucalyptus-y yes. in a way. Yes. Now I've tried to find them on on Amazon. I don't know. And why aren't people making like cute ones of these? Like there should be like a trendy, like Bloom. The we had the founders of Bloom on. They you know make products for periods. They should make a trendy heat pad for your stomach. Well, maybe you should hit them up and tell yeah. them to do such things, or we can yes, start our own true. business on the side and make cute heating pads for anti-bloating purposes yes and you can use it for other purposes but we can market it as such okay what what are the other purposes uh like when you're on your period or if you hurt your back like i oh, still I hurt Got you it. know there's other Multi- things. multi-purpose multi-purpose okay mm-hmm. before we get on to everything we wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by queen v and we're so excited about it because we actually had lauren on the podcast a few months ago like totally pre-quarantine and we fell so in love with their products that we had to sponsor with them we had to connect with them and so that is what we are doing if you're like what's queen v uh queen v is a brand that focuses on normalizing the conversation surrounding women's health this topic can be confusing and embarrassing so they have a very easy to follow step to maintaining healing and enjoying your vagina and so it's all really affordable, really great quality products that are just to aid in your vagina. So the way I use my Queen Bee is my favorite, personally, my favorite um, product is the spritzer. It's a pH balance spritzer and this, this cute little light blue bottle and I leave it on my toilet. And when I get out of the shower, I just spray my vagina three times in the morning. And I swear to God, my vagina smells good the entire day. Like I'll go to the bathroom like seven hours later and I'll be like, oh, my vagina smells good. So that is literally one of my favorite things. I do it every single morning. It is in my routine and one of my favorite Queen Bee things. How do you use your Queen Bee meds? Yeah. So I want to highlight another product that is my favorite. It's called Live in Libido Loca. So it's like a libido enhancement pill, if you will. Um, you know, for those of us who, you know, the sex drive might not be as intense as we would like it. You pop some of these pills right before you're about to have sex. It kind of just rushes all the blood to that area so that you are more sensitive there and can, oh my God, I was going to say get it up. <laughs> Yeah, wrong gender, wrong situation, but love it. Love so where you you're can going. Feel, you can feel turned on and stimulated in the moment. So all of their products are just so effective and, uh, as Scout said, affordable, which is something that is really um, pertinent for, you know, women's health. Like it should not be more expensive to care for a part of our bodies that we love. Yeah. And the branding's on point. Female founder. We love Lauren. Women's health. This is an OKSIS mission right here. And Queen V is giving you guys 30% off with discount code OKSIS30. That's OKSIS30. And we will have a cute little link in our show notes to let you guys know about this if you want more information on Queen V. Okay. Want to do some housekeeping? Let's do it. Um, we have a newsletter. 
If you want to subscribe, go to okcispodcast.com or the link in our bio or the link in our show notes. What you will get with the newsletter, a little intro from us, a little what the fuck is happening in the world. Just because, you know, so much is happening, we break it down for the things you need to know. Some products that you need to buy, which kind of segues right now into our merch collab with Girl Gang the Label. If you guys haven't got these merch, like, I don't really understand what else to tell you because there are bucket hats and just like, that's premium right there. Um, we also have an Instagram, as most people do in this world, and it's called at OKSIS Podcast. There's some premium content over there. Um, I would highly recommend hitting hitting that follow button. Smash that, as Chloe Ting would say. Smash that subscribe button. Leave a like and a comment. Okay, 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 wonderful. I'm going to take over now. We also have a secret Facebook group called OK Sisters, and it's super engaged. The women in there are all friends, and it's, like, my favorite place to go. Um, and if you like OK Sis podcast, please text us to a friend that you think would dig Mads and me too, and uh, rate us five stars, leave a review, all the good stuff. Um, okay, now that we have pimped ourselves out fully and thoroughly oh we have one more thing what is that Mads so Scout on our last episode you dropped a bomb on me and said hey we should have listener questions I did I did we got a question oh did we get a question so welcome to our new segment called ask a sister I just made that up right now, and it's going to stick. All right. Here is the question. Hi, Scout and Maddie. Love the pod. Was listening to this week's recent episode. Saw you guys were taking questions. My question is all about the ins and outs of moving out. How do you know when the time is right? Thanks. Now, I need a little more context. (laughs) Okay. Like, this is really big. Like, are you saying moving out of your parents? Are you saying moving out of a relationship? Like, what? where are you at in life? Here, this is what I would say in general, which can be applied to general moving out. If you feel as if you have outgrown your physical and energetic space in the place that you live and feel as if you are up-leveling to the next level of your life, you are ready for either more financial freedom, more independence, if you are ready to move on romantically, you really have to assess within, are you moving on to the next level and does your space reflect that next level? And if so, moving out is a good idea. Um, Moving in with a relationship, because she said moving in and out, right? Moving. She just said, no, she said the ins and outs, and outs of, of moving, moving out. Yeah. So I would like, I would see where are you at energetically? What is your soul, energy, mind, body, intellect craving? And then if that translates, because that really reflects back on where you live. If it's to have the security of your parents during this time, then stay with your parents. If it's to move on from a relationship that doesn't serve you anymore, then move out. If it's to live with girls for the first time and like experience like, being young and single and living with girls, you know, like figure out what step of your life you're in and then match your living environment to that step. Yeah. You also have to take into consideration comfort, but then also risk. Like a lot of decisions, you're never going to be able to flesh completely out because you don't know the outcome and that's fine. I know it's scary. And I think a lot, whenever I move places, it's so funny because it's one, the biggest 
um, financial investment that you essentially, you know, the biggest expense that you have monthly. And you typically make a decision to move into a place essentially overnight because, you know, most, most places you have to sign a lease right away because it's competitive and what have you. So I've always thought that was a really interesting dynamic about real estate, if you will, is that it's such a big decision, but it happens so quickly. And you really, you can do pros and cons. You can do all these lists, but really you have to act and you have to take the risk. And that is what I will say. What a, what a question. And I that's love that question. Ask a sister. Oh God, you're going to make me like do some weird, like, um, like, a you know, little trumpet in the background. Anyways, um, let's, since we've been talking our sister's ears off now for almost 20 minutes, let's talk about this episode, Mads. I know this one is a big one for you. Why do you keep saying that? Like you also love No, I know. I love, I love comments by celebs, but I know that you have like a very special place in your heart for comments by celebs. Yes. So we had Emma and Julie, the founders of Comments by Celebs. If you haven't heard about Comments by Celebs, I I mean, just like stop listening now. Like just, this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, don't listen and then you can follow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. That's the right line of uh, thinking there. Um, But anyways, Comments by Celebs, they, they really discovered um, how to capitalize on the comment section of Instagram. And they have created such a successful and um, I would say very influential platform with, with this whole notion, you know, comments now have become news stories and uh, people, certain news breaks in the comment section nowadays. And it's really actually fun to see celebrities and even brands have this type of personality as they're commenting and being funny in the comments. Um, There's a, it's just a whole other community aspect to Instagram and they have, been able to extract that and put it into a brand. Yeah. And they're super rad. I felt like we were kind of soul sisters. The four of us got along super, super well. And it was fun. It was just, it was just a fun time to talk to them. They're both so smart to have such great business kind of acumen and savvy. And they talked about how they waited a really long time before they went full time with comments by celebs. They didn't even tell anybody they were behind comments by celebs. So their story is super interesting in that way. And so we hope you love it sisters. Enjoy! Emma Diamond and Julie Kramer are the founder and co-founder of Comments by Celebs, an Instagram account with over 1.5 million followers that track the best celebrity comments, clapbacks, and funny back and forths on Instagram. They also have five niche accounts, Comments by Bravo, Athletes, Bachelor, Influencers, and TikTok. They host a bi-weekly podcast of the same name where they break down the biggest stories of the week, sometimes with A-list guests like John Mayer, Kelly Ripa, Katie Couric, Brad Goreski, Lisa Rinna, Justin Long, and more, as well as recap episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and deep dives into interesting celeb topics. The duo met at Syracuse University, became fast friends over their love of the Kardashians, and have turned their love of pop culture into a successful business. Without further ado, Emma and Julie. Hi. Oh my God. What an intro. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, hey girls. We're so excited you're here. Um, I have a story for you before we get started. 
Tell me. I was wa- trying to watch a movie with my husband a few Friday nights ago, and Mads had already FaceTimed me like three times because she had had too much wine. <laughs> and then she FaceTimed me again, screaming, screaming. And I'm like, it is 9.30 p.m. and I'm trying to watch a movie with my husband. She's like, we're on fucking comments by Bravo. I'm like, okay, let me look. <laughs> oh like, oh, my God. It was like a whole fucking thing. And I had to like pause the movie. And it was basically the milestone of her life. <laughs> Oh my God, that makes me so happy. Oh <laughs> right. So it said basically what happened, we've recapped this on on a previous episode, but we are newfound Bravo heads. You know, it's so strange because we're big bachelor people. I know you guys are not as big of bachelor people, but and you're more Bravo people, but people we keep going on these podcasts. Everyone keeps asking us about Bravo. We're like, we need what what are, we're missing something, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get into this. So I have been watching um, Real Housewives of New York from the beginning and also the current season. And I was just like, Sonia Morgan is my spirit animal. She's everything in this world. And I just, I, she's a meme waiting to happen. So I was like, let me just, let me just throw it out there. Whatever. Sonia Morgan comments. I don't know how you guys saw it. Maybe I DM'd it to you and I was like, guys. She was probably drunk and DM'd it to you. (laughs) First of all, we appreciate that. I always say to people, if you have it, just send it to us. You never know. Like, we may have missed it. So I appreciate that. Exactly. So (laughs) we're so excited to have you. Obviously, huge fans of what you guys have built and created. And obviously, you guys have entered the podcast space. We love hearing your voices and thoughts on all these pop culture elements. And I think something that really resonates with me about you guys is you don't see having an interest in pop culture as like a a diminishing of your intellect, if that makes sense. Like pop culture can be and analyzed. It can be something that is really profound and it's a social commentary and what have you. And when you guys really dissect these big moments, it feels like you're like a scientist. Like it doesn't feel like something that's just um, jo- like jovial, if that makes sense. Well, that's like the biggest compliment. And I really, really appreciate that. Yes, because thank that's, you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's our goal. Like we want people to understand that you can be addicted to these smallest little intricacies of pop culture and also be a very intelligent person. And those two things can absolutely coexist. And like, it doesn't hinder your intelligence for caring about what Kim Kardashian is wearing, you know? Amen. I mean, that is <laughs> literally all we talk about. So yes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we'll get into everything. That was the end of our. We'll let you talk. Praise, eventually. Yeah, praising you, and um, <laughs> we'll get into the discussion. Okay. Uh, let's do current fixations. Okay, so I have talked about this multiple times. It is my quarantine persona. It is my I don't even know what the new evolution of myself. Um, but I haven't yet said it as a current fixation, and I think this is a really big moment in my life. So you're all here to witness it. My current fixation is my curly hair. And I have always worn it straight. I have, I'm a frequenter of the dry bar and I used to get it blown out every other week um, on schedule, sometimes every week. And quarantine happened and I said, I haven't washed my own hair in two years. What the fuck? I even, and then I did and I clogged the drain. And um, (laughs) so I was like, this isn't going to work. You know, like straightening it myself is a bitch. So I decided to wear it curly one day not being like, well, it's just me and my husband and my apartment, like whatever. And all of a sudden it's kind of like, I, I haven't stopped wearing it curly since quarantine started. And it's kind of given me this new personality flair and kind of like spicy feeling and, and I'm loving it. 
Okay, well, you guys can't see her, or maybe you can if you put up a YouTube, but you, I love it. Like, if I didn't know you, I would have thought the curly hair was your thing. It just looks very Same. nice. Like, yeah, right? Thank you. Also, if there's two people that can relate to that, it is 100% the both of us. I have you froze. No, I haven't. I like what you said, the blowout thing. I, pro- I probably haven't. I don't even know how long I have gone without washing my own hair. I mean, it's not obviously in quarantine I do, but blowouts are my thing. I always say, like, I'll skip a meal before I skip a blowout. <laughs> I am so with you 100% but now I'm like liberated I went in the pool I went swimming the other day we don't go swimming we don't go in the pool no I hear you no this I can see it I can like see you're you're feeling very liberated and it comes across I'm so happy for you thank you (laughs) thanks guys I really I never thought this day would come but here we are I'm so happy for you yeah I'm not I'm not she's not there yet I'm not there yet I'm still blowout I'm still doing it on my own during quarantine it's I, I haven't got that level of confidence, but maybe one day. We'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Okay. My current fixation. I can't believe I haven't said this on the pod, and it's very timely due to coronavirus times. I got the Talentless, a.k.a. brand by our dear Lord, Scott Disick. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a mask, and it says, oh. please wash your hands. And it was a limited edition mask, so I'm sorry if you all cannot get it now, but I am just looking so trendy. I'm looking fly as fuck. And as I'm going to the grocery store, people are trying to look at me and trying to decipher what it's saying. Let me just hold on. Let me put it on. I mean, is that a good thing? Because I feel like people are going to get a little bit too close to your face. Let me see. Oh, I I love it. (laughs) This is what they had in the Palm Springs house when they went for the weekend. Yes. She's. She said this is what they had in the Palm Springs house when they went there for a weekend. Oh, you took your you took your headphones off. You couldn't hear them. Okay. So now that you guys see it, it's beautiful. Now. um, Oh, wait, hold on. So talentless, if you guys don't know, is like a very amazing um, like athleisure brand sweatsuits galore. I feel like he was the he capitalized on this sweatsuit moment like no one's business like this was pre-covid and he 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 monopolized the market i would say and it's a good price point i've looked through it it's a good price point yeah well, julie it was I got my birthday gift from emma last year <laughs> yeah yeah i got her like a one of the, i don't know one of the marvel sweatsuits i think i think the thing with scott the reason that it did so well aside from the fact that he obviously has the marketing power of the kardashians is he himself has become this like I don't know if I want to use the word style icon, but he's definitely become recognized in the style world for his simplicity. So then he turned that into a brand and it just so happens to be comfortable. It was like a win-win, you know? It was so perfect. And also I think they, they were already getting into the athleisure style because of Yeezy and it just, it was such a perfect progression and just like, Obviously, yeah, if you get all the Kardashians to wear it, it's going to be an incredible, you know, successful brand. But I don't know. Something about it just doesn't feel like any of the other brands that Kardashians have made. Like, it just – it's it's so – I'm so happy for him that he found this part for him, you know? I feel – yeah. That's Me how I too. feel. Yeah. That's how I feel with Kim and Skims, honestly. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> truly, like, before – I mean – we like KKW, but it's like, okay, I felt like it was a little bit too close to Kylie and what she's doing. And like, and then the the app with the game was like, uh, I don't know, but this Yeah, but that feels, app made money. And, and again, money, like, yeah. yeah, again, like it, they were lucrative businesses. It's just, 
Skims feels so much, so different from any type of brand that she's ever created and any type of imagery that, and it's a whole new imagery that no one has ever seen. So I, I agree. It's something, it's so good for her. I so agree. I yeah. so agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's start with Emma. What is your current fixation? You know, when I was thinking about this, I didn't really know which route to go down because there's like 5 million things. Like I've recently become obsessed with All American, which I don't really watch mm. on television, but I finished that in like two days. But I decided to go down the product route. And <laughs> this is obviously not an ad, just in case anyone may think that. I don't even really know how to pronounce it, but it's that company Biosance, B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E. Mm-hmm. And they have this squalene and vitamin C rose oil. Oh, okay, No. You don't understand. It has changed my life. Like I, I, okay. It's two parts. I'm sorry. I can't. It has to be two parts. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't worry. I recently got into the drunk elephant jelly cleanser and I was like, okay, this is a game changer. I can't believe I'm so late to fall on the bandwagon. I got into their moisturizer and then I put this on top and I literally wanted to send a handwritten card to the woman at Sephora who recommended this to me because it has changed my life. And for those of you listening, if you're having skin issues, I'm telling you this hydrates you in a way I can't even explain. Not hashtag I, not bad. <laughs> I am always in the market for a new face oil because I have such dry skin. I think face oil after moisturizer is the most important step for me. So mm-hmm. I am going, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dabble in this. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. I've heard, yeah, I've heard great things about that bio, bio sans. I don't, who knows how to say it, but I have heard impeccable things. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. It, is, it really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We love a skincare fixation. Uh, Julie, what is your current fixation? What is mine? Um, Well, I also can go the skincare or TV route. For TV, I'm like obsessed with normal people. I don't know if you watch, but it's so good. I read the book also, like my obsession right now. Um, And then if we're also going down the skincare, the Drunk Elephant Baby Facial Mm -hmm. is I, first of all, I used it the other night and I had brought it home recently because I like went to my apartment in the city and got a bunch of stuff. So I hadn't had it for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I brought it home, I forgot to bring home the marula oil to put on after. So I had, oh, rookie mistake, Julie. My face was on fire that I stood in my, in my freezer for 10 minutes holding ice cream <laughs> in my face because nothing would make it go away. And it was, oh my God, it was traumatizing, but amazing. I do the baby facial every Sunday, but I ran out of marula oil, so I just use their electrolyte, F-bomb, hydro, whatever, which we've talked about on the podcast as well, and it's the most hydrating overnight mask you could possibly, like, like Emma, if you like facial oils, you will love this. You just, you put it on as an overnight mask, and you wake up, and your skin is plump with moisture. I oh, I need that. that. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, baby, fa- baby facial's no joke. That no, people people think that they could do it like every like no this is like a once a week if that mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean I gotta tell you I don't know if you guys are in the into the whole like lip mask trend but I got on board because I used to just do Aquaphor like every night I'm one of those people I'm crazy but I have chapsticks constantly but I got on board with the, I think you say Laneige I don't really know how to say it <gasps> that yes. little pink lip mask you got to do it like if you've been thinking about it I'm telling you make this the sign. Yes. Okay. So I, I need to get the lip mask, but I actually just got from Laneige the their water sleeping mask. It's kind of similar, I feel like, to the Drunk Elephant one you just mentioned, but I've been putting it on after moisturizer, after retinol, and it is this, it, it just is, it's called water cream or something, and it just feels not too heavy and very refreshing on your face, but 
again, you wake up with this just like instant glow. It mm-hmm. is it is out of control. That brand is really, really good for Very hydration. Good. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. we're on the same page. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to brag real quick. Like I'm looking at myself in this Zoom video. My skin looks fucking amazing. I don't know if it's the light or like what's going on, but like we need to capture this moment. I'm really enjoying what is happening here. And your hair, might I add. Yeah, am I everything? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay, this sorry. Is, we'll talk about you now. Okay. Uh, well, also, this is an audio format, so thank you for just telling everyone that. But yeah, they need to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into comments by celebs. I'm so excited to have you guys on and just dissect everything. Um, we need to just start from the beginning. Tell us the origin story and how you developed this concept. Okay. So, well, first off, Julie and I met at Syracuse, where we both went to school undergrad. She was a sophomore when I was a senior, and we kind of became friends because I was the co-recruitment chair for our sorority, Mm -hmm. and I really didn't know much about the freshmen, and so I kind of put together this group of sophomores that I felt like had a good read on the freshman girls, and through that, we just became really close, and, you know, we both, we always knew that we loved pop culture, and we actually were in this group chat that was, like, solely focused on the Kardashians, and I want to say like our love for pop culture is really where our friendship started because at first it wasn't like, (laughs) it wasn't like we were hanging out. We were literally just texting about like Scott and Courtney, which sounds weird, but that's kind of what was happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I graduated and it was April, 2017 when Instagram changed the algorithm. Julie was abroad in Tel Aviv at the time. And we started seeing these comments that we had previously never seen before. So you'd be scrolling down Instagram and all of a sudden it's like Scott's popping up on Courtney and, like Jamie Foxx is popping up under Barbara Streisand and we're just like, what is happening? You know? So I said to Julia, I was like, we're doing this. Like I'm making this account. I want you to run it with me. You like, were very down. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was like, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I was so down. She was like, she was like, I can get somebody else to do it. I was like, no, don't do that. It's fine. I'll do it with you. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's, I'm telling you it's going to be big. And she was kind of like, okay, fine. And then, you know, we did it. We kept it a secret. We told no one until 80,000 followers. We didn't tell our friends. Um, and well, then- let's not say no one. You told every person who has ever touched your nails or hair, and I didn't tell my parents. <laughs> Julie's big joke is that like every Uber driver slash like Glam Squad person in Manhattan knew, and like her family still did. <laughs> oh my God, so dying. wait, how long did it take to get to eighty thousand followers? Um. Oh my God, it was April to February. February. It was almost a year. Wow. So you did this whole thing without telling what, why, why didn't you tell people? I mean, even if you hit 20 K, you could have been like, Hey guys, this is something. Why did, why did you feel like you had to wait that long? I think it was like a little bit of the proof of concept thing, you know, like wait till we have something to show before we show it. Not because we didn't believe in it. We did, but like, you know, it was when, when we started to get a little bit of notoriety, I think is when we had that, like, we already had the internal validation because we knew it was a good idea. But once we started getting that external validation, I think that's when we felt more inclined to want to share it. And honestly, Julie, I don't know, like we really don't talk about this, but to me that almost year period was like some of the most fun ever. Cause it was full. We had felt like it would just be a free reign. I mean, we still do, but you know what I mean? Oh, I loved when it was a secret. I was was also, Emma was graduated. So it wasn't like as crazy for her, but I was living in my sorority house with 36 girls who knew what the account was and knew it had to have been somebody that they knew or had known through the school or the sorority because of who had followed. And like, I was sitting with them, like literally almost every day, somebody would bring it up and be like, who is running this account? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I'm dying to know. Somebody has to figure it out. Like, 
I would record conversations of them talking about it and sending it to Emma because it was the funniest thing in the entire world to me. I loved <laughs> it being a secret. I thought it was so fun. Yeah. I mean, that that is really, I can, I can understand the like mystery and the excitement brewing and just kind of testing the waters, testing the market to see if it's a viable thing. Because I know, I, I mean, I listened to your guys' podcast and you've mentioned this before, both of you were both of you are one of you going to grad school had and those you guys had post-grad you know plans yeah. and this kind of not derail derailed it I mean I think this was for the best but it's just like you guys did have these plans that you put on pause and if you had told people maybe it would have been harder to abandon it if you did have to go to grad school or what have you so I, I understand that but what 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 <laughs> At what point were you guys like, okay, actually we're going to pause any post-grad plans to pursue this full time? So we started in April, 2017 and we told everyone February, 2018. And at that point I had, I went, so Julie was still at Syracuse, right? And I was in my first year of my master's program at Columbia mm. and you know, I was fully intending on finishing it obviously, but around March or so or April of 2018, it started to take off. Like that's when Kelly Ripa started talking about it on live with Kelly and Ryan. And we started, you know, recognizing that comments were really making headlines. And so not only were we this like humor account, we were this very legitimate entertainment news source, which was honestly something we had hoped for, but it came very rapidly kind of. Um, and I just remember saying to my parents, like, you know something, this is Columbia will always be here. Like I have to take this now. And, uh, Julie, you know, hadn't even applied to grad school yet. So she just put off applying and I just deferred my second year. And I would say it was like April, 2018, where we really made that decision of like, no, we have something here and let's go with it. So let's talk a little bit about the business of comments by celebs, because it's also really interesting to me that you guys created essentially a digital media news site without having a website, right? Like you just created it on Instagram, which is a very unique platform to create like a whole news site on essentially, but like not, yeah, it's so interesting. But anyways, what we're, I'm really interested in the business behind comments by celeb. How did you take it from, we have all these followers and we're commenting on news and Kelly Ripa's talking about us to let's monetize this and have this support our livelihoods. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing that happened in terms of like making the step into a business is we were approached in July, 2018 for doing a podcast and you know, that was something we both, I think it was always a goal of ours just because we communicated and still do, I would say 80% through voice notes. Like mm. seriously, like I, I don't even, I can't even tell you that I, our most, any conversation from the most fun to the most intense happens via voice note. And we would always joke about like having a podcast, but I guess we were kind of naive as to the steps that are required to get there. Like I didn't recognize how, I don't want to say this because I don't want to make it come across as invalidating, but how simple it really is to start one. Like I always say to people when they say like, I don't know, I'm unsure. It's like, just try it. It's really not a costly venture. You know, you can do it very, um, very inexpensively and just start it and see what happens. So we were approached and we started doing that. And then, you know, our, the first uh, advertiser that approached us was Budweiser. And what happened was they were announcing their partnership with Jim Beam. And Julie and I had never done an ad, you know, we had talked and spoken about it, but we had never done it. And we knew from the beginning that like, we don't want to be one of those pages that sells out in the way where we're constantly posting products. And again, not that there is anything wrong with that. It's just not how we wanted to run our thing because we felt like people really enjoyed the consistency. So we were like, okay, if we're going to do an ad, it needs to be in the form of a comment. So what we worked with Budweiser on was they did a series of comments of Jim Beam and Budweiser commenting on each other's posts, 
we posted it as a carousel. And that was our first ad, which was August, 2018. And from there is kind of how we, you know, decided that we were going to make our formats for ads. We're like, if we're going to work with a brand, they need to recognize it needs to be in the form of a comment. And that was where it started. Fucking genius. (laughs) Fucking genius. (laughs) Well, I mean, it just, it makes, you guys are so savvy in that way because I didn't even know those were ads. The foresight. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. (laughs) The the Uber, the one you guys did with Uber, I was like, this makes, okay, not only is this beneficial for you because it integrates so seamlessly into your brand and who you are, it also gives the brand that you're advertising with this creative freedom to kind of get their juices flowing about what comment, what, what's their personality, what's their, what's their, you know, uh, yeah, what's their tone, what's their voice. And the comment section has become that, right? Like how you engage with, with either your audience and your actual consumers or how you engage with other brands or how you engage with haters even the clapbacks with brands specifically I feel like over the past two years has evolved it allows these brands to have this whole new persona and people connect with them in a different way like do you, I, I know you guys are really humble in saying that you didn't you know create the comment section you know blah, blah, blah. but truly it is because of your guys's account that these types of humorous elements have developed in terms of brand recognition also it's so interesting to me because really the format that you've done was so revolutionary in the ad space but it's also a model that can't really be copied Mm. like not everybody can do this model of advertising it just doesn't work with them so it it really is a unique way for just I mean I, I can't imagine somebody trying to rip off this this model because it just wouldn't it would it wouldn't it, it wouldn't make sense it wouldn't yeah. make sense for someone to post a comment on a photo and as your post normal that, feed. Yeah. yeah that's so interesting to me yeah, yeah you know it's funny because i think like like for example it could work so, someone totally could do it i just think having the additional context really is what makes it you know what i mean it's like people know what they're coming here for so it makes sense whereas like the not having any guesswork i think accelerates the advertisement if, if that makes sense i also want to talk about the fact that you guys what is it 1.5 million followers on common spice lives and this is something that in today's age people are dying for that kind of following and recognition etc but people are kind of dying for it in a personal sense where their faces on it and they are the ones that are getting the recognition you two have been very private figures i know you have a podcast but you are very private in your kind of who you are um, was there ever a temptation to be public or was this always the game plan of like, no, we just want the, you know, the mission of the account to be, you know, cause you guys could easily be influencers, right? Yeah. Julie, you go first and I'll take it. Um, so I don't know if there was ever the temptation there, but I think it was a little bit more open-ended in the beginning as to how we were going to do it. And then as we progressed and as we started getting bigger, our need for that or our want for that, like diminished very quickly. Um, I, I think that now it's just like we just are so focused on the brand being known and the brand being famous and, and being kind of a household name. And we want to be, you know, the businesswomen behind the scenes more than anything else. Yeah. Do you guys have an office? No, we actually don't have one yet. Um, we just, I don't know, like we were thinking about getting one, obviously. Thank God we didn't do it before Corona because we'd be paying a thank lot of money. God. <laughs> 
Yeah. But you know, we, it's really just our phones, you know, as long as one of the three of us, Isabel, who isn't on this, but she's like our, our right hand. Um, as long as one of the three of us has a computer and the rest, we have our phones and our Mophies, it doesn't really matter, you know, where we're doing work from. But I, I think in terms of like the fame thing, you know, like as we've gotten more into this space, we've recognized even more like what comes with fame and I think some people are really built for it and it's great for them. I just like know with everything inside of me, that's not me. Like, it's just not me. And also, you know, I think this would maybe be a little bit of a different situation if our podcast wasn't successful and we were really sitting down there like, listen, if you want to do this for a living, you got to, you got to show your faces. But I feel so like genuinely grateful that somehow we've been able to connect with people this intimately via audio. So we don't need to like uh, put our personal lives out there, you know? Yeah. You're like Courtney. You don't want to be famous. <laughs> well, something like that. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not. I'm not comparing you to Courtney. Don't worry. I'd be okay if you did. <laughs> Why does everybody hate on Courtney? Uh, watch the last season. No, I don't watch the Kardashians. Maybe that's why. But every time I plug into a podcast, they're like hating on Courtney. Okay, so you she guys. Just... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's a longer conversation. All, no, I know. We could always, we could talk about Kardashian. That's a whole other episode, yeah. of course. Um, so you mentioned that it's just the three of you, which is just, I mean, it's absurd. Like, it's just crazy how much content you guys produce for just three people. And um, one of the, we posted on our Instagram and got some questions for you. And one of them, which is something that I've thought too, is how do you guys, does it feel like you're always on? Because you are kind of like, as we mentioned, like a news source. And when something hits, you guys have to post something. And not even that you have to. People are anticipating what you will post, right? So people are like, oh, shit, what are comments my celebs going to say? Oh, 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 shit. Like, are they going to post this rather than this? So how do you guys deal with that? Always being on, do you create boundaries? Or are you just like, you know what? This is how it has to be in order to to uphold the standard of our content. Yeah, you know, it. yes, we absolutely, I think both, all three of us feel the pressure to constantly be on our phones. Like there are very few times throughout the day when we're not, and that's literally either Julie has a migraine, we're showering, or like something is going on where we can't be, we're on like some sort of a call. Like really, if I, like, <laughs> I always say, I can never use that excuse. Like, oh, just didn't see it. Like I saw it, I, I, I'm always on, you know, we both are. and. I guess there's some times where it gets a little bit overwhelming. Like, you know, it's not normal to go through a dead zone and to like get anxiety. You know, most people are annoyed, but most people doesn't bring them anxiety. Whereas I'm like, holy shit, what if, you know, Haley's commenting on Justin right now? And, you know, um, but I think we've recognized that it kind of comes with the turf. And like, if the worst thing is that we have to constantly be on our phones to screenshot something and put it up, like, I don't feel bad for us. You know, like, I think that I'd much rather have that than have to get on camera every time and give our immediate response. Like that's my worst nightmare, you know? So, um, and also like we'd be doing this anyway, like we wouldn't be posting it, but if we didn't have this account, we'd be ferociously screenshotting it and send it to each other anyway. So the fact that we can then just share that with an audience is like, wow, this is like an amazing situation, you know? I like to say DMs that. Do oh, sorry, sorry. You go. <laughs> no, you go. go I was going to say, I love to say that having a business is a, is a really amazing excuse for being on my phone all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can, I, I can uh, relate. I like to turn it off, but I, there is a constant kind of flow with you guys. But as you said, like looking at the positives of like, is this the reason we're on the phone? Then that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I want to know on average, how many DMs do you get a day? 
Oh my God. A lot. A like, lot. I, I, I couldn't count, but I mean, some days in the thousands, you know, like some days in the hundreds, it, it totally depends do on the you, day. Do you read every single DM? I tr- I try to. Um, I don't accept every single one, obviously, because then I feel like this pressure to constantly respond, but I really do try to read them because, you know, aside from the fact that like, it's really nice when people reach out um, just to say nice things about the podcast or something. I mean, I would say at least, you know, a solid portion of our content comes from user submissions. So it's super important to constantly be on that. I mean, right. you know, we like what Julie and I do, and Julie is much better at it than me, is when if we see a post that we like have a good feeling there's going to be a comment on it, she'll save it immediately. Mm-hmm. And so then we'll go to our safe posts and constantly refresh. But, you know, you could get an Ariana Grande comment on a fan account that has 87 followers that we would have never seen, but there's someone who is following it. So like, we are eternally grateful for the people being as invested as we are because it really helps us with the content, you know? Yeah. And you guys probably, I mean, obviously get tons of comments, especially since the account has grown. People might be commenting just to get on your account, right? So how do you guys determine what to post? Like, what is the process there where, what's the decision process? Hmm. <laughs> Julie. <laughs> um. It's, you know what, it's really funny because we kind of have this like innate understanding of comments that we could just, we always talk about that we can never teach anybody. We're like, we just see something and we know what, like whether it's going to be a solo or a roundup post or not worth doing um, that like you just couldn't explain to anybody else. But the normal process is like, if we see a comment, if we get sent it, if it pops up, if one of us finds it, we'll send it in our group chat and we'll say, okay, like, is this a solo or a roundup? If it's a roundup, we add it to a shared album that we just keep adding to throughout the day. And when it hits 10, we post a roundup. Um, and then if it's a solo, we'll send it. And it's like, okay, what's the caption? What's the vibe we're going through? We'll go through it and then we'll post it. Um, and then with our solos, it's kind of like, there's a couple of categories that they go into, which is how we know like it's good. It's like either it's just really funny it's news breaking and worth doing or like the celebrity is so big that like their comments carry so much weight. Whereas if like somebody else if like a Cole Sprouse commented, it wouldn't be that great. But like, because it's like Christina Aguilera, it carries a different weight, that kind of thing. So it's just us kind of going back and forth and deciding what we're going to post throughout the day. So we're just constantly in contact with each other about it. Yeah. This is kind of a random question, but do you guys use Voxer? No, no, you should use Voxer. What is that? Voxer is a messaging app. It's like what it's like text message and WhatsApp or whatever. But since you guys use voice notes, you can send voice notes and they like stay and you can keep all of your voice notes and all of your downloads. And it's like the best. I, I prefer using it than text messaging and you can be in groups. Oh, it's wow. amazing. It's amazing. Because you said voice notes. Voxer is the best for voice notes. Oh, OK. Well, look into that. We're always we'll looking into that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. Thanks. Highly recommend. Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored, but I use it all the freaking time, all the time. Um, what I was going to ask is, one thing I've noticed with you guys is you'll post something um, that has one comment by someone so huge, right? It's like monumental. But then what happens if another person, also monumental, comments or responds to that comment on the actual post? Will you guys delete the first post and post a new one with both the comments or will you just post a new post? This is nuanced. No, I, 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 would, I, I'm following. Okay, okay great. Yeah. <laughs> we have, there's been like very few times in the entirety of doing this that we've deleted a post. Like, I can probably count on one hand just like 
because the whole thing is like, okay, if it didn't do as well as we wanted, like we still liked it. As long as we are fully sure that we like it, then it's okay. Like we're not doing it for the likes. We're doing it because we think that it's something that should be on the feed. But it's very frustrating when that happens because it's like, we just put this up. We're so excited about it. And now this, and that's when we have to evaluate, is it worth doing a follow-up immediately with like update to previous post or can this wait and go in a roundup? And most of the time, if it's not something that's newsworthy, like if it's just funny or, you know, cute or whatever it is, like it'll just go in the next roundup because it's not worth, I feel like we put solos on like a pretty high, like a pedestal. So, you know, unless it really significantly adds something, we're most likely not going to make it its own post, but depends. Okay. I'm going to change topics very, very uh, sharply. Um, So there is something that you guys said in your podcast and I probably get to paraphrase this and not say it correctly. But you guys mentioned that you have this thing where when you see someone, you just have to imagine what they're like having sex. (laughs) Have you you done that to the both of us? Well, hold on. on. (laughs) So when you said this, I I think I almost got in a car crash because I was like, I do this with everyone. I have (laughs) never heard someone who does this or even speaks about it because I'm sure we all do it. We just don't speak about it. So... (laughs) And it's so true. Like, I'll think about my teachers. I'm like, I'm like, Maddie, shut the fuck up. Like, why are you thinking about that? It's so weird. But I really want to know, just, like, talk upon that. Expand upon that. What, where do you think that comes from? And, like, what makes you so – you guys are so, obviously, very sex positive on the podcast, and that's amazing. We love that. Um, but it's just so funny because the podcast is obviously pop culture, and it's not focused on you guys as, as personal brands as we – mentioned before so I really want to know about that aspect of you and if you did this to us please explain what kind of lovers you think we are (laughs) okay I honestly I swear I didn't do it yet maybe it's because we're not in person um but I don't know it's like a weird thing that it's the same thing I don't really know you know not I don't think we were like consciously aware of doing it either until we started talking about it together um I'm gonna I'm I'm like really answering this question as you're as, as I'm thinking about it, because I don't know, but if I were to hypothesize, I guess for me, at least, like, I just consider myself a pretty sexual person, you know, like, I enjoy sex, I celebrate it, I, like, love to, like, I'm so happy for my friends when they're like, oh my god, I had the best sex in my life, like, fuck yeah, that's what you deserve, you know, um, so maybe that's why my mind goes there, I guess, right, yeah, I, I don't I, know I, what it is, right? Like, what is it, Julie? For me, it's usually like not even that. Like, for me, it's when I see two people, and like it, it, it usually happens when they're like a couple. Like, if I see somebody individually, it's not often that I'd be like, I can't. Like, I, it's not often that I would immediately be like, What do you like in bed? But like, there are certain people you see, and you're like, I just can't picture you ever having sex. Like, if you've ever seen those people, you're just like, How? But then there are also couples that you see and it's like, oh my God, I have to picture it because there's just something about them. They're either like the hottest people you've seen in your life or they're like so mismatched that you're like, how does that work? And you just like have to, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing that we all do. I do it with couples mostly. Like, yeah, I do it mostly with couples and I'm just like, it's just so interesting because I think that while we celebrate sex, it's still something that's very private between two people, you know, like no Emily, unless you're in porn. So I think that if, because it's so private, it's almost like we can't, we don't have access to that information. So we want to know what it's like. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. It's like this curiosity, right? It's human nature. Definitely. Yeah. Did you guys think that when you talked to John Mayer? (laughs) (laughs) Because I would. 
<laughs> I mean, who hasn't thought about what kind of a lover John Mayer would be? Because he's like, he's like started as this heartthrob with these emotional lyrics and whatever. And we all loved him. And then he kind of got douchey for a second there. So I'm like, is he the bad boy? Is he the romantic musician? What and, is he? And now he's like this highly intellectual. I, the way he speaks, I could just listen to him talk like he is so eloquent and well-spoken and I, I never heard that side of him until I kind of listened to him on some podcasts I'm like oh fuck you are like very very smart he's so he's, smart he's like very smart yeah it's um he's highly intellectual I'm glad that yeah it's, it's really true okay a uh, question we have for you is what celebrity have you guys never featured that you wish you could oh I'm I can tell you what I wish you could. What? Maybe they have. No, because oh. she's not on Instagram. Oh. I wish Mary Kate Olsen was on Instagram oh. so I could see a comment yeah. from her. Julie, Jennifer was Lawrence also. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, she would be so good on it. Why the fuck is she on Instagram? Oh, no. It's like it's heartbreaking. Like, yeah. She would be up there. I'm telling you, she would be like Chrissy level in terms of the yeah. wit and the humor and like the relatability. Yeah, it would be insane. Yeah, that's it, what I was thinking. This is not, we have featured this person that I'm about to say before, but only a few times because she has her comments turned off. And I think she's like, or she, you can only comment if she follows you. And I think we're talking about Julia Roberts and I, I think exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, I don't know. She's just, she's, I think she's a little more timid than she needs to be. And I don't know like where that comes from, but her, she'd once clapped back like a very long time ago. And it was like one of my favorite posts we've ever done. And I kind of just encourage that more, but I guess once she turned off her comments, kind of lost that but if I, I always say every podcast I'm on I'm like Julia Roberts if there's any chance this gets to you just become more active like we'd love to feature you more yeah. Julia Roberts is literally the one that got away for you yeah <laughs> no, she literally is I know well it's probably just a different she probably comes from an era where everything she ever spoke publicly during the height of her fame was run through a publicist right yeah because she didn't have social media so this is like wait what you know it's a totally different different landscape for her totally. yeah which we see with a lot of these celebrities, like they're, this is totally new to them. And I think it's interesting watching, like, for example, Courtney Cox killing it. When she first started out, she probably had the same exact situation, you know, like in the earlier days, it was, it was a PR machine. And now a lot of it is really done by her and she kills it. Like, I think some people it's a natural progression and some people just haven't leaned into it. And you know, some could argue it's for Courtney, it's because she has Coco, who's obviously so into social media. So, you know, it depends on the person. But um, yeah, it's the transition is interesting. Have you seen the, sh the comments shift during quarantine from celebrities? And if so, what has that shift looked like as an overall mood, other than depressing? Hmm. What do you think, Julie? Um... I think, I think you can see a lot of boredom in celebrity comments, but I think that, I think that in the beginning of quarantine, what happened was, I think a lot of celebrities were like, okay, this is like, this is my time to shine. Like I'm bored. I have nothing else to do. Like let's comment, whatever. And then I think you started to see a lot of people being like, we don't really want to hear from you, like what you're doing in your giant mansion while we're like stuck inside our situation. So I think that celebrities have actually been more cautious recently but I don't know. I think that they've had, we've had a lot of really great comments during quarantine. And I think that people are just having fun now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Have you guys, do you find that agents or PR people will come to you and be like, hey, I want to get my client 
on your page and I'm going to have them comment. So post this. Like, how do you guys handle that type of, of arrangement? We like, I, I'm really not just saying this because obviously we're on a podcast. Like everything that we post is organic with the exception of ads. Like trust that happens. Totally. People want, you know, Oh, so-and-so is coming out with the new music. Like, but it's, we always say like, we don't do it like that, you know, because then we're sacrificing the integrity of our entire feed. Like if it just so happened that there's a good comment and it's by that person, then great. But like, we would be doing ourselves a disservice by, you know, doing that because then it, it just takes away from this like feed that we've worked, I'm sorry, that we've worked so hard to curate, you know, to be as authentic as possible. So yes, it definitely happens. We get tons of like press emails, but you know, and, and like not in a rude way. Like I, I would never want it to come over. Like we're better than that. That's not what it is. It's just like, there's a million publications that would eat that up, but we really try to make ours as authentic as physically possible. That's so great because I think that the problem people run into when they are running Instagram accounts, whether it's behind the scenes or as the influencer person themselves, is that they always take the quick money bite, right? Like they don't necessarily think of the long-term future. And you guys could make fucking bank if you like charged PR people to feature their clients. You know, that could be a whole new revenue stream for you. But the fact that you don't shows that you have a very long-term game that you're very brand oriented and you're patient and understanding what you're building, which I think is really commendable. Well, I really, really, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because that's exactly what it is. It's like, we know that we're leaving money on the table in the short term by not doing that, but also like, that's not the way that we want to make it. Like, I just have bigger, we both have just like bigger plans for the brand that like is not going to come from, you know, a quick 20 grand from an agent. It's just like, so not our vibe. And by the way, like, there's nothing wrong with people that do that. I get it. Like, I so get it. It's just not what we want. We should be your hype women. Like, you should, <laughs> you you should, hire, you should hire us to be like, we'll, that we'll, was the right move, girl. We'll be your additional revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay. We have to transition to my favorite topic ever, TikTok. Oh, yeah. So... I you thought you'd never now, ask. <laughs> you guys are now on TikTok. I was swiping through my For You page, and I saw you guys. And I was like, fuck yeah, these girls are on TikTok. <laughs> they are ahead of the game. Why did I ever think otherwise? <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, that whole arena. Because al- although there are celebrities on TikTok now, I don't really, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really see them commenting on, or I don't, I don't envision them using the platform to comment. Um, but I would assume you guys are more so getting into the weeds of like the hype house drama and like the TikTok influencers that are commenting and creating drama in the comment section of TikTok. So kind of talk about how it's been different on TikTok versus Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I'll go first, but then I'll let Julie speak to this because she really primarily runs the comments by TikTok account. Like we both find a lot of content, but she definitely does way more of it. Um, but ex- it's exactly that. Like we, our goal when we when we decided to make a comments by TikTok account, it wasn't so that we could get celebrity comments on TikTok. Like if that happens, that's awesome. But we recognized that there was this like very strong fandom of people who are obsessed with these hype house, sway house kids. And we had to tap into that. So it happened kind of organically because at the same time that we were recognizing that it was a strategic business decision, like we also just so happen to become obsessed with them as like, you know, just purely entertainment. So um, that like Addison, right? Like are Addison and Bryce going to get back together? Like I could talk about that all day and it also is work. Um, so yes, it's definitely different because it's way more of a niche 
thing versus like, we're not trying to post comments that everybody gets. I recognize you have to be in the drama, right? Isn't that fair to say, Julie? Yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, we would be so lying if our like obsession with TikTok, we said was purely from a business standpoint, because we are just, we love it. Um, and we are so individually invested in like the drama of the hype house and the sway house and everything. Um, but also, you know, it's really interesting to watch certain celebrities be really accepted into the TikTok community because they're, for the most part, the vibe on TikTok is like, no, this is our space. Like you, you guys kind of have your own thing. You guys take Instagram, you take Twitter, like leave us TikTok. And, but there are certain celebrities like Tyga, Jason Derulo, um, J-Lo. Lizzo that like really are accepted by TikTok. So it's fun watching them on that platform and they, you know, comment a little bit. And actually the other day there was a post, I don't know if you saw it, but um, there was a FedEx worker who posted on TikTok a video of himself saying that, you know, he was delivering something to somebody's house and this kid Cooper ran out with his old skateboard and was like, could you please give the, like deliver this to Tony Hawk? He was like some little kid that obviously had no idea how the mail system worked. And the FedEx worker posted on TikTok and was like, just in case, you know, somehow Tony Hawk manages to see this, I'm just going to put this out here that this kid really wants you to have a skateboard. And Tony Hawk saw it and commented and we posted on our main feed, which was the first time we'd ever posted like a TikTok on the main and feed. And by the way, Julie was asleep when I did it and I was so afraid. I was like, I'm texting her, I'm like, I'm giving you five minutes to wake up, five minutes to wake up. And I was like, because I ne- like, we pretty much never posted out the other one, but she was asleep. And I, when I when she woke up, she was like, I'm so glad you did it. And I said to her, I was like, don't you feel a little bit liberated that like now if there's a good TikTok one, we can do it? Like we broke form a little and we both had this moment of like, why did we feel like we couldn't? It's our fucking account. <laughs> and also, t- I mean, TikTok is, TikTok videos and content are are obviously, they're, most of them are even posted to Instagram stories. I mean, all of ours are. And also I've seen E! News post TikToks. Like it's also, it's news. Yeah, it's totally yeah. news. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're, we're obsessed with TikTok. Um, I'm not that great at it. We're not getting enough clout and she's really good and I can't do the woe. And my husband does a really embarrassing impression of me doing the woe. (laughs) And maybe we should put that on TikTok. Yeah. What what, your husband? Adam impressioning me doing the woe. Maybe that'll be our viral moment. I go like this. I go like this guys. Let me see. This is, (laughs) <laughs> I know I just want to show them how I, the gr- people listening know how I so do it different woes you know like whatever Julie, don't be nice don't be no, don't be nice this is this is this is uh, it's atrocious it's like I'm so embarrassing she'll send me the tiktok before she posts it and I'm like you literally did every every single move wrong like you just no like scrap she's my brand she's my tiktok brand manager I am like have to run everything by her it has to be up to a certain standard one time I posted two videos with the same background in a row and I got ostracized for that we have a strategy so we have to be we have to follow the strategy yeah and how's that strategy going for us okay let's move on um okay so we got some listener questions for you one who is the coolest celebrity that follows you? Um, Jennifer Aniston, I would say. Yeah, Jennifer. Mm, that's a good that's one. That's a good one. I love yeah. that. Okay. This is going to be really tricky, but we have you have to answer. Okay. Who is your favorite Kardashian child? Kim. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Sorry, child. grandchild. Grandchild. Child. Oh my it's god. Stormy. There's no question. Yeah, Stop I, hesitating. I know. I know, Julie. I'm sorry. I have loyalty to Saint. It's Stormy. It's Stormy. 
I like have a sort of still it's not it's not a resentment because I don't know Kylie Jenner at all, but I just kind of feel as if oh my god, she has a baby? Like mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so it's I, crazy still. So I I can't like totally accept Stormy because I'm like, what is happening? No, no, no. You're sleeping on Stormy. Let me tell you something. I used to, I was a saint stan. Like literally would give my arm for saint and I still totally And I answer. still would. I still yeah, would. I, I still saint if you're listening. Like nothing. <laughs> but, saint if you're listening. <laughs> but, you know, Stormy has this personality that kind of came out overnight and if you really need to be sold, did you watch her Eminem challenge where she's singing patience to herself in perfect context? Like what? What kind of genius child are you? That was very cute. That was very cute. Stormy's in Mensa. There's no question. Yeah. So I am a Chicago apologist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have never seen a child so beautiful. And all of the kids, right? All of the kids are beautiful. Of course. Yes, I know. Chicago, that fucking face. I could smother that face. (laughs) Something about her. No, No, so right. She's. She's a little Kim. I, I mean, we're like big Chicago was. fans too. Don't yeah, worry, we're big okay. Chicago fans. I would never, by the way, to anybody listening, I would have never chosen it. They put, they asked me, and they said we had yeah. to. So like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, oh, I don't. Their head. Yeah, I don't voluntarily choose, but. Oh, I spoke very quickly. I was like, "Stormy, and don't you dare say otherwise." <laughs> oh my god. Okay, next question is, what is happening to Chloe's face? It's a filter. Okay. So, <laughs> Deep breaths. Yeah. Okay. So we spent a, re- a long time on today's episode actually talking about this because it's like, it's, re- it's deeper than like the conversation that's happening, right? Like at first, the first, pe- the first thing that people thought is like, oh, you know, did she have surgery and quarantine? And then I think people started to realize like, regardless of what fillers or surgery she's had done, this is like heavily Photoshopped. Like it, this is a prime example of over Facetune, right? And like, it's crazy and I and it's shocking to me that um, no one in her inner circle is saying anything or stopping her because Chloe's a beautiful woman. She's like, we I love Chloe. I like support her entirely and I think she's beautiful at every state. That being said, like we have to kind of stop pretending that any part of this is normal. Like this to me speaks volumes for like the pressure that she must feel that she's under, you know, and like how much these insecurities are coming out to the point that she has to do this. And like, that's really sad to me. Like, this is like a, a, it's like a societal problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, I think that what she did to her face is nothing compared to what Kylie's done to her entire body. I remember seeing a photo of Kylie pumping gas, stick thin, no curves, flat board, flat things, no hips, no boobs, nothing, right? And she was like 16, 17. And then in eight months or a year, she's got these insane curves, which, you know, her sisters have because they're Armenian, but she's not Armenian. You know what I mean? And that, like, what, what Kylie did to me is so extreme versus what everyone's freaking out about with Chloe's face, don't you think? I think that one of the reasons it's so shocking with Chloe is because of, like, how overnight it kind of felt like I know it's been gradual but when she when you post a picture like this and nobody's seen you in person in a long time it's very jarring so that's I think maybe one of the reasons for the response um yeah you know I hear you on the Kylie thing and I think what's just like we talk about this a lot because there's no right answer and like 
I want to choose my words carefully because it's like I fully support like truly I don't just say like I really support that if you want to do something in your body fucking do it it's your body do whatever you want but at what point do you have a responsibility to acknowledge the fact that this isn't natural and that like to your young fans that like this wasn't achieved naturally and there's nothing wrong with that but like I don't know it's not it's not I don't have the answer but it's like it brings up a very important question yeah you know I agree I think that if they came out and Kylie came out and Chloe came out and said this is what I had done and I'm going to celebrate the way I look now because this is what I chose. This is what I went through, all this stuff. I think it would be a different dialogue and people would accept it a lot more versus trying to hide it and make it seem natural because then that's unattainable to the average person. Totally. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. 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 Food for thought. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, I feel like we we could go on about the Kardashians' bodies. Like, it's obviously they are perfect dolls in my eyes, but it's it is it is frustrating a little bit because some people try to get that type of body naturally, and it's just it's not attainable. Or you think about the fact that these women have everything, right? Right. They literally have everything they could want. They have the highest fame, the highest wealth. They can do whatever they want in this world, essentially, but yet they still felt the need to change something, right? right? Which is crazy. Well, it's crazy. It is crazy, but it's a comment to me. It's like less of a comment on them and more of a comment on society. Like, yeah, what are totally. we being taught? Like, as women, like, you know, it's like, I read, wait, I have to read this quote. Hold on. I know I read it on the podcast, but it's like too important. Wait, mm-hmm. I have to find it. Give me literally one second because I read this and I was like, this is so spot on. Hold on. Give me literally. Okay. It was from Beyond the Interview and this guy, Ted Chiang, quote, You've got pharmaceutical grade beauty, the cocaine of good looks. Our beauty receptors receive more stimulation than they were evolved to handle. We're seeing more beauty in one day than our ancestors did in a lifetime. And the result is that beauty is slowly ruining our lives. How? The way any drug becomes a problem, by interfering with our relationships with other people. We become dissatisfied with the way ordinary people look because they can't compare to supermodels. I mean, if that's not the most fucking spot on thing I've ever heard. Right. Like, what are these standards that, like, it's just crazy. I think we're beautiful. <laughs> and we, we can't see you guys, but we think you're we're beautiful. beautiful um, no, I. are beautiful. That no, that quote is we're inundated, and I mean, you guys are on social media constantly because it's your job. Which I, I, I mean, we started the podcast, and I this was the first time I've ever used Instagram as a business tool, and felt this need to be on it all the time. And there is this, you know. So I really do want to ask, kind of. How, how do you guys implement self-care and specific routines into your life in order to not fall into that comparison trap, which I feel like we all do, but especially with you guys who are looking out for celebrity content and looking out at this beauty every day? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a big like believer in therapy, obviously. I really, it really has helped me in, throughout my life. And like, you know, people say this stuff about daily affirmations, like it works, you know, I don't just say it. I actually think it really, really works and saying those things. And the best advice that one of the best advice that my therapist ever gave me was like, you have to talk to yourself like you would talk to a child, right? Like, would you ever say to a kid, no, you know, you can't go outside today. Your stomach's looking a little fat. Like what? That would be like child abuse, right? So why are we going to then, you know, put ourselves in this box and not let ourselves do what we want to do just because we're concerned about looking a, a, a certain way or something like that? Like, that's a ridiculous thing. And I've really tried so hard to internalize that. It's not easy. It's a constant battle. Um, but, you know, that in conjunction with like, I, I think I was 
lucky to be raised with like just a lot of unconditional love, you know? And like, I, I recognize not everybody has that privilege, um, but that's definitely helped me personally. Yeah. Julie, what about you in terms of like self-care and making sure you're, you don't fall into those comparison traps? Um, I don't know. I feel like when I scroll through Instagram, I think I have a really like great ability to compartmentalize what I'm looking at. So half the time I'm so focused on like actually like doing what I'm meant to be doing on Instagram, which is looking for comments that I don't really, I think I don't recognize in the moment what I'm actually looking at most of the time. Um, and then like, I just like avoid Madison Beer's page at all costs. Cause <laughs> that's a trap I can't go down, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and avoiding her TikTok. Oy. Oh my God. I know. I know. I don't know who that is. Scout is our resident old person. She's <laughs> 29. Almost 29, Almost 29 baby. So oh my she, God. she's learning. Yeah. We'll teach yeah. you. We'll teach you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I follow you guys in e-news. That's all you need. And Perfect. That's all I need. <laughs> and, and I'm not that great at keeping up, but every on this podcast, I'm always like, who is that? <laughs> Anyways, that's fine. Um, you guys are dolls. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you please let everybody know where they can find you, which is obvious, but just let them know anyways. <laughs> First of all, thank you for having us. You guys are thank so you. Um, you can find us comments by celebs. We have comments by Bravo, comments by Bachelor, comments by athletes, comments by TikTok, a lot of comments by, and then our podcast is just comments by celebs in the app store wherever podcasts are available. I love it. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Love you, sisters. Bye.